Okay, so today's daf is Kuf Yud Gimel in Masechet Pesachim. We are on the third of the wide lines. Third of the wide lines. So uh, he said, Amar le Rav le Ivo Berei. So Rav said to Ivo his son, Tarchibach mishmata velo mesayam milta. I tried teaching you Torah, but I was not successful. It didn't didn't uh, penetrate. It didn't work. He said to us, you're not going to be Talbir Chacha. Fine, so Ta'ag Marcha Milei Dalma. Come, I'm going to teach you. Uh, like, yeah, he wasn't able to learn. He, he didn't learn Torah so well. So he said, I'm going to teach you Milei Dalma. I'm going to teach you uh, practical things. And maybe you'll be able to be a businessman. You'll be successful in practical, uh, the practical world because the Torah didn't, didn't, didn't penetrate. So he said, okay. So um, he says, Ad Zevinach Zabin. While there is still dust on your feet, sell whatever your merchandise is. Meaning that you per- you have to move fast. You can't sit around and wait. While well, there's still dust on your feet, you came into the town to sell something. You got you know do it right away. Move. Uh, don't be lazy. Don't you miss opportunity? And uh, and they said, "Call milay zabin utcharet." Anything that you uh, anything that you sell, you might end up having what they call seller's remorse afterwards, right? You feel bad. You, you, you regret it afterwards. Except, except, for, except for wine, because because if you don't sell wine soon enough, it's going to become vinegar. So you should sell it. So that's a good lesson for things in general. In other words, let's say you're selling something it could spoil. So if you sell it quickly, even though maybe you could have gotten a, a better price because the price went up the next day, but the fact is that you sold it and you, uh, you got what you got and, and at least you don't have to worry about it spoiling. Right? They bring, they bring huh? some wine that is aged. Why is this aged different than vinegar because you know it can become vinegar right so so he says um, that first you should always fill your wallet and then open your bag in other words make sure the guy pays before you give him the merchandise because you'll never see this guy again you know right now he's you give him the merchandise everyone has that you know you give somebody something and then they don't pay they avoid they're never going to pay you make sure you have the money in the bank before yeah exactly they used to have that I don't even know if they do that anymore so the way that he interprets this is it means literally it means a kav from the ground which is a smaller measure from the ground and not 180 times that from the roof what does it mean? Better so the way Rashbam interprets it is better to make your money from a closer place, less of a commute, a little bit less money but less of a commute, than to make more money traveling far. Because traveling far, there's other expenses, there's other dangers, there's other problems, and there's family, whatever. Who knows? It's, it's, it's not. Yeah, there's all kinds of issues that come with that, right? He says, right. As soon as you have your basket, your container full of dates. Run to the beer maker. In other words, when you have a lot, because what will happen? You'll end up eating the dates. You're going to have some chai. You bring the chorma. You have another one. You have a third one, seventh one. And then after a while, you can't make the beer anymore. And, and, and you ran out, right? You ran out. You don't eat your own merchandise, basically. You know, it's a, it's a bad idea. Take it right away. How much? When you, when you have three se'ah, you should take it and you should uh, make it into the beer. If I didn't make beer, I wouldn't have become rich. Some say, He's, that it was actually Rav that said, I'm sorry, Rav Chista rather that said that I I got rich making beer. My Sudana, what does Sudana mean? Why is it? Why is this? Uh, why is it called this beer making called Sudana? I'm Rav Chista. Sodna it's a good secret. Ugmilut Chasadim, and it's Ugmilut Chasadim. What does it mean? It means it's a secret for making money. You can you can take dates and make this into beer, and they were, it was I guess it was very lucrative because it would sell it in large quantities, and also Ugmilut Chasadim because it wasn't as expensive to make as let's say wine. So they would give it to the poor people, and they would do Chesed. There was a, there was a way to do Chesed. It's easier than having to give out uh, something that's more expensive. I'm Papa. Kol agav 
He says, any time that you have to write something down, in other words, any transaction that requires some kind of a contract, um, and like, a, like a loan or anything else like that, you're going to have to go through the process of collecting the money. And any credit that you give, you never know if you're going to see it again, right? Um, and, and he says, it's, it's bad, uh, uh, he's, he, you know, he's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be trouble and, and, and uh, a bad, bad money, so to speak. In other words, if a person gets in a situation where they have to go through a process or they have to rely on the guy coming back, putting, him, putting yourself in a situation where the guy pays you back little by little or whatever it is, it's always going to be a process and difficulty for the, uh, uh, for the person who's, uh, you know, who, for the person who's waiting for their, to be paid or waiting for their money. And so therefore, it's something to, to avoid getting into situations like that, we're going to have trouble. Gimel Dvarim, Rabbi Yochanan said three things in the names of the people of Yerushalayim. When you go out to war, don't be the first one in the line. Go last. So you come back first. Now, it's interesting because you would think he would say, be a tough guy and go on the front lines. No, no, or you would think he would say, don't go on the front lines because you might get killed. That's what I would have thought. But he said, no, it says so you come back quick and in case you flee the battlefield, you'll be first getting back. If you lose the war, you'll get back first. Everybody listen to this exactly. Then there'll be nobody in the front. And make your Shabbat like a weekday and don't depend on people. Like we saw that already, uh, that concept before. That the person should uh, not spend lavishly on Shabbat if it's going to require him to go into debt to other people. We don't want that. You should make it simple. We saw this also in the last stuff that you should always get involved in business with people who are doing really well. Because if they're doing really well, um, that means that uh, you know you'll probably benefit from their um, uh, you know from their momentum and uh, and uh, you know and, and you'll gain. Um, so, you get their metal rubber yeah, rubber. sort of, so to speak. You get involved with them. You, you'll be able to do. Levi also said three things in the name of the people of Yerushalayim. You shouldn't uh, be doing a lot of things that are open. So that's what it says in our uh, in our text is gnut, um, and it says on the side be gagot on roofs. And it actually fits better with what the Rashbam says and what Rashi say. Because they say it means don't do things out in the open. Don't put yourself out there and expose yourself too much. Why? Because of something that happened. Now, something that happened that they're referring to is David and Batsheva. Because since the Batsheva was taking a bath on the roof, she exposed herself. Meaning she exposed herself to David seeing her and all the trouble that happened from that. Meaning uh, be more of a private person and you cause yourself less problems. Right? 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 to Malach came, shoot, yeah. shot an arrow, exposed yeah. her. It could be. That's not what they're saying. That's not what they're saying. But uh, and but also says, about maybe. yeah, they No, now he's saying now it's talking about even personal matters. Like, don't put yourself too much exposure. It's, it's going to be bad, right? Similarly, it says bitcha bagra. And again, these are somewhat exaggerated statements. It says, if your daughter gets reaches the age of marriage, free the slave and have her marry your slave. It doesn't literally mean that's a good idea. What it means is don't make let her go out in the market of looking for a guy. She's going to end up finding some bad guy and end up in a bad situation. Make it, you know, arrange for her a good shiduch is really what it means, right? Yeah, not just, she'll pick the first guy. And also be, be careful if your wife had a previous husband that she might... Uh, 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 you know, be involved with him afterwards. Um, uh, you know, you have to be careful. Because they might get involved 
physically. Rav Kana says she might slip him money, you know, she'll be giving him money on the side or something like that to help him, maybe because she still has affection for him or connection to him. So be careful. They're both, they're both true. There are three will inherit somebody who lives in Israel. Okay, so at least finally I have a chance. You know, I, I, I wasn't sure up to now, but somebody who raised their children to learn Torah, and somebody who makes Havdalan wine on Motei Shabbat. Oh, there's another one I get, that one too. So I have two. Okay, now, the how, how you raise your children to learn Torah. I guess, oh. you know, those are, these are all things that we, Bezrat Hashem, you know, will, are able to do. Right. So, so, what is the Havdalah situation? I mean, everybody says Havdalah wines. It says, The real Chidush is that a person who has limited wine, instead of drinking it, enjoying it, you know, for his personal benefit, he saves the wine from Motzei Shabbat. He says, you know what? I'm going to save the wine from Motzei Shabbat. It's a bigger mitzvah. I'm going to be Shabbat. You know, he has to combine it with the right, well, combine it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but he saved, he saved it from the Mitzvah. There are three that Hashem announces about them every day, meaning positively announces about them. A uh, good thing um, that he praises them, so to speak. What is, what are they? Great thing yeah, right. A poor person who returns a lost object. That's a big thing because for the poor person, he would love to keep it because he's poor, right? He would want to keep it, but he, he returns a lost object. That's a big thing. And a wealthy person who separates the maser from his produce quietly, meaning not because people are watching. You know, he makes a big, people make a big donation, make sure my name is there. You know, no, he does it privately. That is a really big thing. Rav Safra, Rav Safra. Just it shows, you know, modesty, yeah. Yeah, so Safra was a single guy living in the city, bachelor living in the city, and and when this this Braita was taught in front of them, he felt very good about that. So, so what happened? His, his face was bright. He was like, wow, Hashem is, he, I'm glowing, you know, because I, I just heard that Hashem, you know, praises me every day because I'm living in the city and I'm not sinning. But his, his bubble was burst pretty quickly because, yeah, yeah, he was single. Uh, at least at this point, I'm not sure if he ever had been before, but I assume. It's not like you. It's not talking about somebody like you, right? We're talking about like Rav Rav They were They were shoemakers in Israel, and they had to sit in the marketplace with all the prostitutes going around. And they were they had like all these female clientele that were coming all the time, right? You got to go where the where the money is, man. And they would come and they would be, and these women would be looking at them. Right. So the point was that they would um, that the women were looking at them, but they would not look at the women, even though they were single guys. They would not look at the women. They had all these uh, all these um, uh, uh, com- clientele that were you know seducing them or could have seduced, them, but they didn't look. And and this was the oath that they used to say. They used to say, "Bechayehen Rabbanan Kadishei de Baradi Yisrael." The whole by the lives of the holy rabbis in Eretz Yisrael, meaning they were holy because they were exposed to all this uh, uh, bad stuff, and they it, it didn't distract them. But but Rav Safra who lives, you know, and he might live in a city and be single, but he's not exposed to that kind of stuff, so he's what not. 
by, but when they would talk about, they would say like, by the life of the holy rabbi, they're so holy that they were able to, you know, not look and not be involved in this. It just shows. I don't know. Maybe their mothers were were very picky. You know, who knows? It's like who knows? I ask that question about a lot of people. Yeah, you know, yeah. who knows? We have a lot of eligible uh-huh. bachelors and bachelorettes around in our community, and they, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, that's true. Oh, they got married very young back then. Yeah. There are three that Hashem loves. Somebody who doesn't get angry. A person who doesn't get drunk. And somebody who is not picky about his honor, like somebody offends him and he's a very, you know, he's not vengeful. He doesn't, uh, he's, he doesn't say, hi, I deserve this. He doesn't have a sense of entitlement. That's different. Yeah, but that's, that's a little bit different than that because talking about because of the Kavod It's talking about a personal, personal person thing. That there are three that Hashem hates. A hypocrite, basically. Somebody who says one thing with his mouth and a different thing in his heart. He's a faker. He's a faker. A guy who knows testimony in favor of his friend and he doesn't want to come to testify for him. I don't want to get involved. You know, even though he knows the truth, he doesn't want to come and speak out for his friend. Or a person who knows something that he saw his friend do something bad and he testifies even though he's only one witness. Because why would he testify if he's only one witness? Only to badmouth the guy. He can't do anything because only one witness. You need two witnesses. He just wants to. He just wants to smear the guy, right? Tovia. This is a very famous story. Like Tovia Chata. One time, a guy named Tovia did something bad. We don't know exactly what it is, but usually when they say Chata, it means something uh, related oh, yeah. to immorality, arayot, something, right? Vata Zigod and Zigod. The other guy Lichude came alone. Vasidbe came to Papa. He came to our Papa and he said, "You know, this guy Tovia. He did such and such. Nagdele Zigod. So what did he do? Instead of whipping Tovia who did the sin, he whipped Zigod for telling him." So he said, how could it be that Tovia did the bad thing and I'm the one who's getting punished? I'm getting whipped. Amarle said to him, In, yes, it says that one witness should not rise up against another person. And you came alone. To testify. Why? You just want to spread a bad rumor about this guy by coming out and saying, it's like when you have, ooh, an anonymous source says in the paper that so-and-so did this and that. It's like, why do they do that? They're not, they're not going to get them, they just want to smear their name and make them look bad. That's all. Right? Well, maybe the Kavanah was, he wanted him to get Musar and wanted him to get Then he should go, you don't go tell the court. Maybe he's trying to, to go to a person who is on my, or, or You're, you're, you're being Zachot, but obviously not, you know. Rav Papa would have known. He would have said, oh, that's a very nice idea, but, you know, uh, try again. I don't know. So, you're allowed to even hate uh, such a person. In other words, if you see a person do something bad, you're allowed to have a negative feeling. You don't have to ignore what you saw. You can see that they're bad. Um, you, don't have to, you don't have to deny it. That just means that you can't go to the court and tattletale on them because you're not going to accomplish anything. Right? It's another very famous drasha here. It says, if you see the donkey of the one you hate, that it is buckling under the weight of its, uh, its uh, package on its back, it's load. What do you mean somebody that you hate? If you're talking about a non-Jew, we're only talking about someone who is Jewish. We learn. Right? It's not a non-Jew. We're talking about someone who was Jewish. How could you possibly hate such a person? You're not allowed to hate your friend. You're not allowed to hate a fellow Jew. So how could it be that you see someone that you hate with their donkey in trouble? How could that be? Answer is, David Israel. 
right? If he, if there was actually witnesses that this guy did something bad, then then everybody should feel negatively against him. So my shinahai. So why is it called your enemy, the person you hate? Rather, what it means is it means if you know about a certain person that they do a sin, there were not two witnesses. So therefore, you can't convict the guy in court, and you can't even testify against him in court because you don't have enough evidence. But what you can do is feel negatively. You're allowed to feel negatively towards him, even though he wasn't convicted. In other words, you don't have to deny reality that you saw that the guy did something bad. Right? You don't have to like him and be his friend. You don't have to... And the Dvarva just means a sin. It doesn't have to be sexual. But what it's saying is that if you see a person do something bad... It's, it's saying, you're not supposed to go to court and tell on him if you're the only one, because why you're just doing that to give him a bad reputation. You're not actually going to end up uh, getting anything from that. But it doesn't mean you have to, you have to be nice to him and be his friend, because, uh, because he wasn't convicted in a court of law. You could still be honest and say, okay, that, I'm going to keep away from that guy. He's not somebody I want to associate with. That's all. He's not a Talmud Chacham. That's true. You assume, you assume, that, yeah, that this guy's not a Talmud Chacham. He's a regular guy. Huh? Yeah, meaning don't have anything to do with them. Don't go talking about it because that's just being mean. But uh, well, you still have people help Yeah, you still have to help them because you're helping the donkey. There's two donkeys there: the guy that you see and the guy with the. You help the donkey that's suffering, not the other donkey. Right now, it's even a mitzvah to hate him. Right? Uh, what, what is actually the pasuk here? Uh, Right? So, so, to, the, the one who fears Hashem hates evil. Should you go to his teacher? This is like what you're asking. Should you go to the teacher of the, uh, you know, to, to your teacher and say, uh, and to also hate him? Right? In other words, should you go and say to, uh, you know, to somebody who's your confidant? So, meaning. Should I go, let's say I see uh, somebody do something bad, but nobody else saw it. So should I go to Rabbi Ben Chaim and say to Rabbi Ben Chaim, you know, uh, I saw, I just want to let you know this guy's doing this. Not to badmouth him, I just want to let you know this guy did the sin. Should I do, should I do that? So it says, if he knows, if, his, if he is, his testimony is considered like two witnesses, so then he can inform him. But then he shouldn't tell him. In other words, if he's informing him because he should be aware of it and the person will, will trust him, so uh, th- then, it's, then it has a, a function, it has a purpose, it's beneficial. Yeah, there's a toilet there, but if it's a situation where he's just bad-mouthing and he's just putting ideas in people's heads, um, then, uh, then it's not good. There are three people who their life is not a life. People who are overly kind. They can't say no. They just give. People who have a really bad temper. And people who are very particular. You know, everything. Oh, this is dirty. I can't touch this. I can't, I can't eat this. It's a, too picky. Right? Yosef, I'm all of those things. That's pretty. Yeah, I have a tough life, right? I'm too nice, and people ask me for things, and I get angry, and I'm also very sensitive. There are three who hate each other. Dogs, they fight with each other. And they and the um, and the chickens, I guess they compete. And the Persian sorcerers, they fight with each other. Interesting, because I guess they need to have competition. They don't like right? The prostitutes also they have to fight with each other to get clientele. Even in Bavel, they are they they they, they come into uh, what? I guess you would think so, but um, I guess there's a lot of competition, and the chachamim of Eretz Israel were more. Uh, uh, friendly with each other. There are three who love each other. 
the converts, because they feel like they're all together, you know, they're all together, Vavadim, and the slaves, they all feel together. Vavadim, interestingly, even the ravens feel that way. There are four that people can't stand them. Elohen, here they are. A person who is poor and lowly, but he's very proud. In other words, he has a huge ego, but there's no reason. There's no reason for him to have a big ego. He doesn't, you know, a rich person who denies, meaning a, a guy who's so rich, but he still refuses to pay a thing, and he denies what he owes. And he, even though he's so rich, he could easily do it, but he refuses to uh, honor his commitments. He refuses to... That's even worse. An immoral elder. Like, we even have a word for that in English, a dirty old man, right? <laughs> dirty old man. That's the same thing. It's like somebody looks down on And also a leader who raises himself up above the community for no reason. He just tries to increase his honor, but there's no purpose. And obviously, to have respect for leaders is important and has a function. But when it's going beyond that... It's bad. And I said, even a person who divorces his wife repeatedly and takes her back. Right? He, the divorcer takes her back. Right? Why doesn't the Tanakama list that one? Maybe the fact is that uh, he wanted to divorce her, but uh, he can't afford the ketubah that he owes, so he had to take her back. We don't know what his financial situation is. Like a lot of people today, that they can't afford to get the, the people in America, they want to get divorced, but they can't because they can't afford it. No I'm not even talking about the Jewish community, I'm just saying in general. Right? Alternatively, that. Uh, he has children with her, so even though he, you know, he wanted to get, he wanted to separate, but he wasn't able to sustain it because of the, uh, because of the, uh, the children. So I have to yeah. go. Uh, there's some mistake with the thing. I have to go back ten thirty. Ten thirty. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That's what I figured. Chamishat varim tziva kenaan et banav. So these five things kenaan. We're talking about Ham, right? The, we're going back to the story of Noah. So Kenan was the son of uh, was the son of Ham. And Rashbam explains, and Rashi explained, it doesn't literally mean that, you know, we know that he said these things. It means that since Avadim come from the line of Canaan, so we're saying that probably this is like, these are the qualities we see in, in slaves, so we assume it's like a tradition that was passed down to them, so to speak, from, you know, and therefore a person should be careful about them. What are the things that you know about slaves? First of all, he told them, Avuzet, they love each other, meaning they're, they're, they're like, they, they connect to each other. They're like, they have their own, uh, their own bond, so they will like conspire against the master, you know? And also, also love stealing, meaning whenever you can steal something and get away with it, do it. And enjoy immorality, you know, you can get away with that too. And hate your master. And lie all the time, right? Don't, don't speak the truth. Always hide things. Okay, because I guess those were the qualities. Their qualities that they saw in the Avadim, so they're saying, oh, this must be a tra- family tradition. It's so like entrenched in the uh, in the uh, no no just uh, whatever slaves they had I don't know I don't think they were had a specific race yeah they weren't a specific race there are six things said about a horse they also like um, to be very sexually active they like war they're very proud animals they don't like to sleep very much. <laughs> yeah, and they eat a lot, but they don't have a lot of waste. They don't have a lot of waste. You should know that your horse wants to kill you in war. It's part of the fun. It just can't kick you off. Right? So that's it. There are seven who are excommunicated from heaven, even though there's not a sin that they did that the Bedin would excommunicate them. Elohit. Yehudi, it says. And what should it actually say? Not Yehudi, but it should say probably Ish or something. Oh, me. Mi she'en lo isha, a guy who doesn't have a wife. Now, why did they change it to Yehudi? You know why? They, you can tell sometimes, you can guess. I don't even have to know, and I already know. Because the censors, 
Right. It should say me, but in the, our text, it actually says in the in the, it says it says Yehudi. Why? Whenever you see the word Yehudi, Yehudi wasn't a word that was really used very often in times of the Talmud, right? So it's a it's a censorship because since the priests they didn't have wives, oh. right? So they didn't want to say they 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 had to change it to Yehudi, so they, they wouldn't offend them for sure. That's, that's what. They yeah, I'm sure they meant anybody, but they didn't they change it to Yehudi, so they wouldn't censor it. I'm sure, I'm sure. It's always like that. They came up with a lot of creative things. Like, they, like for example, they have to say, sometimes it will say a kuti when they really just mean a nanju, but they don't want to say it, you know? It's, it's, they, because they, don't want to, they didn't want to get in trouble because, you know, they, they attacked them. It really means a Jewish person. It means any person who doesn't have a wife, but they didn't want to say that because the priests were censoring the Talmud. They would look and say, oh, you're insulting us. You say that uh, uh, somebody who's not married is bad, but we think that a priest who's not married is good. And how, who, how dare you say that? Can we assume that anytime you see a that's who it's referring to? What I like to that they that they did that to avoid the censorship. Like, that they're trying to avoid it. No, 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 it's the other way around. It means that since they didn't want to offend them, that they would see it says, "Don't you know you're bad if you don't have a wife." So they didn't want to say anybody who doesn't have a wife is bad because then the priest will see that and they'll say, "We need to burn masachet sachim because you know it says that." So they change it. To, no, no, only a Jew, only a Jew. It doesn't apply to you, even though, even though you know. Sh- Really, it's anybody, but they and and what happens to those guys that don't have wives? We know they get in all kinds of other trouble because of that. But they but they didn't want that to be coming out, right? Anyway, um, or he doesn't have children. He has children, but he doesn't raise them to learn to walk. A person doesn't put tefillin on his head, or on his arms, or in his clothing, or on his door, or a person who doesn't wear. Nalaim, he doesn't wear shoes because we saw that that's a matter of dignity. Also, a person who doesn't join a sudat mitzvah, like a brit milah or anything else like that, or a wedding of talmid chacham to a bat talmid chacham, anything that's a sudat mitzvah. Amar Rabbi Shmuel Bar Marta. Amar Rabbi. About single, it says somebody who does not want to get married. It's a diuk down here. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's saying that a person chooses. These are all talking about choices. Obviously, if a person not, doesn't have a choice and they're trying, what, like well, let's say a person tries to have children and they're not able to, right. that's not a, that's not a mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. how do we know that we don't go to the astrologers? You have to be full, wholehearted with Hashem and not seek astrological guidance. That's what we learn from the Pasuk. How do you know that if a person is greater than you, even in any area, even something which is uh, which is not Torah, that a person should treat him with honor? Because it says in Daniel, uh, the uh, he said. Um, uh, it's a because there was a higher spirit in him, and umalka. It said that the king really wanted to uh, uh, to put him on a, in a high position because of the special uh, uh, the special uh, greatness that he saw in it. Right, that was the um, uh, he he was considering elevating him. He wanted to elevate him because he saw this greatness that he had. Right. We want to put him above everyone. So that's uh, so you see that if you see greatness in another person, even if it's not different, you still respect them. Right? Based on that, everybody has to respect everybody because there's always somebody who's better. If you know, it says you don't always know. You don't always know. Right? 
a woman who has finished her dam tor. We know that the forty days after uh, after birth, when a, when a woman gives birth to a boy, so for one week she has nidan, and then for thirty three days she has uh, what's called dam tor, which means according to the Torah, the blood that she sees during that time is not tamei. <laughs> As similar with a girl, two weeks is nida, and then sixty six days, uh, whatever blood she sees is tahor. It's not tamei, although she's not allowed to go to the Beit Hamikdash, but the dam is not tamei for relations with the husband. Now nowadays our minhagis, we treat all of that blood to be uh, tamei, also just to be careful, but really, according to the Torah, it is not. Is so it says, France, they keep but at the end of the 33 days, 66 days for girl and 33 days for boy. So at the end, all together, but the first two of the girl and the first one of the of the boy are not Damtor, that's Nida. So the, so the 33 and the 66, when that ends on day 80, or when it ends on day 40 for the boy, so that night... After they shouldn't have relations, he says, right? That, he says, after they shouldn't have relations. Ad kama amrav ona. One night after it shouldn't have relations, even though that it's finished, they'll say, okay. Meaning, if she saw blood at that time, even though it's damtar, they should wait another day. Why? Because since she's been accustomed to not counting uh, her uh, and not being careful about the blood, so it, so they should be careful that night after. So, in other words, even if she hasn't seen blood, let's say for a while, but the fortieth day comes on the four, on the night after that, they shouldn't have relations. On the eightieth day comes the eightieth night, they shouldn't have relations. Why? Because since she hasn't been so careful. Because she hasn't been watching, she might, you know, be accustomed to bad habits. So wait one more night after that before having relations. Yeah, one night is half a day, you know, twelve hours. I said one night. That's twelve hours. Sometimes it could be longer in the winter, right? Tana, who Yosef Ishotel, who Yosef Abavli, who Isi ben who Isi ben Yehuda, who Isi ben Gamliel, who Isi ben Mahalaleel. They were all the same person that appears in different names in different places, different names. Okay, Umashimo Isi ben Akavia Shemo. His real name was Isi ben Akavia. All of these different Rabbi Yitzchaks were actually the same person. Whenever you hear Rabbi Yitzchak, it's in, in, in Halakha, it's Rabbi Yitzchak ben Acha. Whenever you see a Rabbi Yitzchak in Midrashim or Agadot, it's actually Rabbi Yitzchak ben Pinchas. What is the sign to remember this point? Shimuna Achai Vre'ai. Right, so the uh, so what does it say on the side? Should say Shimuni Achai Ve'Ami. Fine, but the point is that Shimu is Shmaata is Halacha, and it says the word Achai, so it's Acha. So you remember that Rabbi Yitzchak ben Acha is the one. Whenever you say Rabbi Yitzchak in a halachic discussion, it's Rabbi Yitzchak ben Acha. Whenever you say Rabbi Yitzchak in the Midrash, which appears a lot, Rabbi Yitzchak, the most famous uh, place is the first Rashi in Brejit. Remember, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. That's Rabbi Yitzchak. Ben Pinchas. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, Mishmed Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Eli. Achol Batzel, Veshev Batzel. That's very good. I like that. Eat. And that's, it rhymes. And it's a, right? it's a good thing to remember. Eat an onion and sit in the shade. Meaning, eat cheap food. Don't, don't waste your money. Yeah. That's, yeah, but it's, it's supposed to rhyme. Right? So, yeah, so they, yeah, so it's a batzal, yeah. But the the point is, eat a, eat an onion and sit in the and sit in the shade. Meaning, uh, don't don't go to uh, such luxurious foods, right? It's like so. Rashbam says, "Achol batzal o yirakot v'teshev batzel betcha." You'll never have to sell your house to pay your debts on having uh, fancy food. Meaning, uh, don't don't go so much. Don't don't have such high expenditure of food. That's not necessary. Right on, and uh, and he says, "Velo techol avazin v'tarnigolin." Don't eat geese and chicken and so much meat. Velibach rodef alecha. 
All right, and and then your heart will be uh, chasing you. Meaning, so you'll be worried because people are going to you're, you're going to want more and more food because you're going to your heart's going to be chasing you to want more and more food, and you're going to end up getting yourself into debt because you're going to spend on all this luxurious food that you can't really afford. You should eat cheaply. And also gain weight. That's also true. Now, it has, all right. So he says, <laughs> I guess it's You should. Spend less on eating and drinking and more on your house. In other words, you should invest in the things that are permanent, not in the things that are temporary. You have an expensive meal, you could have uh, fixed uh, your roof and said you had a fancy uh, party. It's a waste of money. It's not a wise use of money. Ula said there is a mashal, there is a, uh, there's a proverb that we say in Israel, alita. a person who eats, I like how they rhyme, you know, a person who eats the tail of the fatty tail of the sheep, meaning he eats a lot of meat, Don't he's going to have to hide in the attic, meaning because he's going to have a lot of creditors coming, because he's going to owe a lot of money, because he's going to be spending too much money on that. But a person who eats vegetables, he can sit in the open spaces. He actually says on the al-ashpot uh, ha'ir, uh, meaning like the open, uh, the open, literally the ashpa is like the dump area, but meaning the open area, he, he doesn't have to fear anybody coming after him for money because he, uh, because he, uh, he doesn't overspend. So the point is, if a person is wise and they're spending on money, spend on the things that are permanent. Don't spend too much money on your food and you won't have to worry about hiding in the attic from the creditors coming to, uh, you know, for you to pay your bills. By the way, he talks about